Today, on what we call now Future Ready, runs every weekend, I will interview somebody, and I interview somebody who is an expert in their field of study or in their career. Today, you're going to meet a man who is an expert when it comes to election integrity. We've had him on the program before. He's met with DeSantis. He just recently sat down with Trump. We're going to talk to him for an hour and a half, and it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is, is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining me today. I'm about to bring in Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. He is an expert when it comes to ballots, ballot harvesting, elections, you name it. He actually was one of the key players in the audit for 2020 for the state of Arizona. I've had him on the program twice before. He is a encyclopedia of knowledge. The amount of stuff that he understands in terms of elections will spin your head. We are going to discuss not really so much about what happened in 2020, but how do we take the lessons from 2020 and become future ready for 2024 and elections uh, above. And because he has spoke with DeSantis one-on-one at the governor's mansion, and because he was in early December just a guest called in from Trump at Mar-a-Lago, I am going to bring up to him the conversation that I think is on most of our minds, at least I know uh, here in this studio it is, Can we get DeSantis and Trump together in a happy marriage to where, if nothing else, we kind of blend those two uh, camps together and wind up coming up with what I think would be a super MVP team? I would love to see Trump and DeSantis on the same ballot. It may be a, uh, a pipe dream, but listen, crazier things have come true. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in Jovan. But let me just tell you a couple things quickly. Number one, please, if you're watching this on Facebook or Rumble or YouTube, please be sure to download the DML News app. Conversations like the one I'm having right now, no doubt, may actually cause this video to be pulled down. So if you have the DML News app and you have it on your phone for completely free, it doesn't cost any money, you could get it for free from the Google Play Store or from the Apple App Store by just downloading the DML News app. You would never miss a podcast or an interview like this one. So download that. That's number one. Number two, uh, for those of you who are DML CBD customers, we have a great deal right now on our DML CBD Power Plus. It's our number one. It's our signature product. It's the one I take all the time. I'll, I'll let you find out for yourself what that special is. Go to dmlcbd.com slash power. Help yourself or at least give yourself the chance to help yourself, like I did, to sleep through the night, to boost the immune system, curb the anxiety, and say farewell to all those aches and pains that have been hampering you throughout the body. I have more people telling me I changed their life for the better with DML CBD Power Plus. All right, with that being said, the second episode here of Future Ready, I welcome now... Jovan, there are so many questions I could ask you, Jovan. But look, you know the this 
program here, we kind of redesigned it for the new year, is specific to what the future looks like. You and I have been on this program. I've had you on this program now, I think, two times before. You've been sensational every single time. Um, Your insight, in fact, your insight is so great, I almost can't keep up with you because there's so many different things that uh, make the head spin. So what I want to do this time is I want to set the precedent and say, let's assume for the moment that the election in 2020 was indeed stolen. Right. Okay? We're just going to assume that for the moment. Let's go worst case scenario. We are heading into a 2024 election right now where we have the Republican candidate up for 91 different counts of criminal activity. The Democrats think that he should be hung upside down and whipped and everything else. We've got a candidate who is 80 plus years old, who really can't walk up a flight of stairs, who can't put together a cognizant sentence, and almost everybody in the country, let alone the world, believes that somebody else is running the White House. He's got no business being there. His uh, rating right now is 33%, and that's probably uh, very generous. All indications would lead that of the two that you're choosing from, the presumed uh, criminal and the old man, that if you were to decide who right now, based on polls, Trump would win. But we've been there before. People are concerned that the election is again going to be stolen. And I don't think anybody wakes up the next day in November on Wednesday and says, oh, I'm shocked. Biden won. The, the confidence in this country, the confidence in our elections, the confidence in the rule of law will completely disintegrate. So as somebody who understands balloting and ballot harvesting and all the different things, and we're going to get to all of it, we're not in a rush. If you were to identify that one thing, if you were the king of the castle, and I said to you, make sure my election in 2024 is completely solid, what would you do? What would you put in place? And why take your time? A great question, because often we don't go into analytics or ask the questions that we should be asking. I'll read, I'll relate to you what we need to do in the form of an analogy so you understand what we've got to do in the ballot. Just like your gun in your nightstand or your pillow, whatever the case may be, is not going to just shoot somebody on its own. The same thing with voting machines. They're not just going to do stuff on their own. It's always people, paper, and programs. So here's why I say that. Rightly so, we should get rid of the voting machines, but it's not that it can be done in time for 2024. It can't, right? There's 3,900 counties out there. Uh, 200 have said we're willing to do it by paper and count by paper. And so you have to look at really where does the magic trick occur? And it's just like going to a Vegas show. They come up with an idea, they practice it, they do it, and when they think they're ready for prime time, they release the show. And I think that's what people miss and what's going on. See, they've already preloaded the system. The magic trick is already done. And what they try to do is they try to pull off their magic trick without us recognizing it. So here's how I mean that. 
there are 21 million bad voters already loaded on our voter rolls. Now, the reason I say this is if we just went to all-out mail-in ballot, it doesn't matter if there was a machine or not a machine. When those ballots come in, just like we learned in Arizona in 2020 with Carrot Lake, they're still going to count them, whether the signatures match or not. This is what concerns me about the GOP. The GOP is telling everybody to bank your ballot. Get it out there, get it fast so we know who's winning and bank your ballot. But you got to understand, in order to vote early, mail-in balloting and early voting are synonymous now. They're the same thing. So in order to bank your ballot, you got to have that mail-in ballot or the early voting in place. And so if I could wave a magic wand and I could do it, I would deploy the most sophisticated program ever developed that would immediately, with appropriate proof for the courts, find, identify, prove up, and vet every single bad voter on the voter rolls and have those removed prior to the 2024 election. We have to take their ammunition out of the gun. And if we focus on something like that, then they don't have the opportunity between mail-in voting and between mail-in ballots to use that ammunition nefariously because that's what they do. Remember, what we saw in 2020 and in 2022 was a time hack. And what I mean is they said for the first time in history, we can't count all these ballots. We need more time. I want to remind everybody, I'll give you some hardcore facts. If we go back to 2020 in Arizona and we look at how they ran in the ballots, huge turnout, huge amount of mail-in ballots, they ran 10 tally machines and 20 days uh, leading up to the election, they were able to process on average about 140,000 ballots. Then came election day, and then you heard, hey, we need 10 more days to count. We have too many to count. Well, if you look at the 10 days after it, they had one that was about 139,000, but all of the others only averaged about 7,000 or 5,000, and they only ran two machines. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it empirically like that, you have to say, what did you use all these extra days for? And that's the problem. See, in that process of using the extra days, they can, in fact, do many things. They could insert nefarious ballots. They could pull out ballots for X candidate that they know was voted, but they haven't counted. They could just yank those out and replace them with other ones. And that's where the big problem with that time hack comes in. But in order to do that time hack, you have to have fungibility, that means a swappable asset, in the system, and that is already on the books. Don't think this was an anomaly in 2020 and very unique. No, this was planned over decades. They were getting ready. They were testing it out. They were doing this, shoving it here, doing many different things. They only pulled the trigger in 2020, and that was response was they didn't like that Donald J. Trump could literally when and they didn't want anybody that wasn't a system player in again and so they pulled everything out that's why they made us stay home with the pandemic 
And that's why they had all mail-in ballots. Remember, they ordered uh, mail ballot stuffing machines while we were in COVID, even before we had lockdown. They had already ordered them. How'd they know? Think mm. about that. Right. And so first thing I would start with is cleaning the voter rolls. Now, we're never going to be able to clean the voter roll when somebody, let's say in a random state like Wisconsin, makes a press release and say, we found 60,000 fraudulent voters. And you put that on a spreadsheet and you send it in to your board of supervisors or board of voters or registrar or whatever you have and say, you've got to get rid of these. Now, there's a few problems in it. First off, you called them fraudulent voters. If you look at the roles, it was basically apartment addresses where they didn't have the apartment number. See, that's technically an incomplete but it's not fraud. It does need to be cleaned up. What we tend to do is we tend to throw all of these things into spreadsheets and send them to the very people who rip us off, to the very people who have a vested interest in kicking our butts, and we ask them, will you remove it? And all they have to say to us is, hey, I got your list. Okay, we'll get around to it. And here's how I explain it. People may remember that there was a huge uh, lawsuit years ago with Judicial Watch in California, 1.2 million bad voters on the voter rolls. Judicial Watch won the suit, filed, won the suit, the county settled. But in the agreement, now on its face, that sounds good. 1.2 million bad voters, we're going to get rid of this dead weight on the voter rolls. That sounds great. Where we fail is in execution. In the Judicial Watch settlement, which people didn't pay attention to, the county somehow got away with saying, well, we can only remove about 100 people a month. Because see, all they did was send in a spreadsheet. Now, 100 people a month, 12 months in the year, that's 1,200, 1 1.2 million, they have 1,000 years to do it. That's where we fail. Because what we do is we don't operate tactically, and we don't go as far as to get it done. We go for shallow wins, short wins, or raise money wins. And so that's why I go back to these states. There's people doing great work, but there is no way that you can do two things where you can send it to the very people that are paid to make this happen wrong and ask them to do it, but you can't do it in a format where they say, okay, but we got to recheck your work. We have to get to the point to where we do it to a prosecutorial standard. Those sta the standards of evidence are pretty well fixed and high. So if we're willing to go to the standards of evidence, don't just say there's a nefarious voter there. Go there and prove it. Don't just say this is a bad address because it doesn't have a, an apartment Go to the damn apartments, try to deliver a letter or deliver a package, get it on tape that it's not there, talk to the mailman, while they moved, whatever, and go to the investigative link to document it where it will stand up in a court of law. Until we get that serious about it, I'm telling you, deep state, left and right, because they all benefit from it, will have the fungible BS assets to keep us puppets. You know, when... You look at Trump and you look at his supporter base, uh, they are very passionate. You know this. I mean, these people love him to a level 
like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, before him, it was Ronald Reagan. People just loved Ronald Reagan. In fact, I just had that conversation hanging up here, coming here. Victor Davis Hanson and I were having that discussion about Trump, Ronald Reagan, and DeSantis. We were having this very discussion. And, you know, in my, I mean, I'll, I'll be 55 this summer. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, I've never seen a politician more hated than Joe Biden. Maybe Jimmy Carter. Obama was pretty high up there, too. Although, if you're looking at the right, they hated him. On the left, they think that Obama was God. But, you know, Trump is so loved and beloved by the people who support him. The polar opposite to that is that there are people who just hate him. No matter what good he does, they'll never see it. They're going to just try to pick out the one bad. And a lot of times, hatred wins over love. And when I look at the current status right now of this country, everything, everything is going wrong. It doesn't matter if you're a lefty or a righty. When you look at open borders and you look at the cartel and the drugs and the terrorists and the disease and everything that's coming across, you have to be an idiot to think that that's a good thing. When you look at the price of eggs and you look at the price of gasoline and you look at the price of almost everything, even uh, the, the, the interest on your credit card, it doesn't matter if you're left or right. That's a bad thing. When you look at the amount of money we're dishing out to Ukraine, it's a bad thing. I mean, I can keep on repeating the bad thing, the bad thing, the bad thing, the bad thing. If you take a look at the average American, the majority of Americans in this country are independents. They are not going to sit there and wave the flag for Joe and wave the flag for Donald. They're waving the flag for the red, white, and blue. They just want a better life. They want a better, greater American experience. But there is a small, very powerful fraction that seems to rule everything. And those people have created a situation to where people just do not trust anything or anyone. I go back in this long explanation to the love and passion for Biden. It doesn't exist. There's no love and passion for Biden. There's love and passion for Trump. There's hatred for Trump. There's hatred for Biden, but there's no love and passion for Biden. That alone right there should spell to you a landslide victory for Donald J. Trump. But if you asked me right now, Jovan, to put my money all of my money on where I think things are going to end up in November, history tells me to put my money on Biden because the people in charge, the people who can pull the levers back and forth are ultimately going to do whatever they want to do without any consequences. With that being said, if I would, and that's, I'm glad you made the face. With that being said, if you disagree with me, Please push back because I'm coming at it when I make that statement. I'm coming at it as the person who I read sending me a message on Facebook that says, please have that man about the ballots come back on because I feel like the election's going to get stolen no matter what I do. So if there is some hope that you can put into this equation, because you just went into your long explanation about how it is that we don't have enough time to do what really needs to be done, what sort of hope can you give the American voter that their vote is indeed going to count come this November? 
and and these are all valid. And there are people that think America's already dead. There's people that think that we can't win no matter what, that just give it up to hell with it. I'm not going to vote. And that's wrong thinking. And let me tell you why. The first, the simple, simplest premises on it. If you allow the left and all the crap you saw with the attorneys and not winning cases and stuff, you might be inclined to say, screw it. I'm not going to vote again because it doesn't matter. You need to know a few things. The, the, the tough part of me, it says, then go at least make it authentic, register as a Democrat, start learning Chinese. Now, the gentle part of me says, look, if they can convince you in what they did in 2020 that your vote won't count and it gets you to stand down, they don't need to rig another election. Now, yeah. 2020 can never be put back in the bottle. Right. The gift that we all got was people woke up. We're, we, we are a different people because of 2020. We are not the same people. We, we now, look, I, I said this before. I voted for president, maybe a senator. I didn't give a rat's ass about a mayor or a city council or board of supervisors, whatever. Now I realize that damn board of supervisors is far more powerful than a president. My yeah. mistake, and I'll never make that mistake again. But there's millions of us, millions of us that now know it. And so if we had to look at the numbers, we know that they went over and above to manufacture votes for Biden to put them in. However, we have the benefit of hindsight. Let me talk before we talk technical of how they do it. We know what happened, but we now have we're in a different position now. And the different position we're in is people that are Democrats or that were Biden voters or were Hispanic or happen to be uh, Americans of color. They're now saying, I didn't sign up for this crap. And they are in droves, not only switching parties, but now know and are saying openly, we got to stop this crap. And the only one that can fix it is Donald J. Trump. Now, just hang on with me here for a minute. And we'll just use Trump as the example. You have even the CEO of J.P. Morgan speaking out, saying this crap of division has got to stop and saying Trump's the only one that can fix it. Now, they get financial punishment immediately, but we've got to the point that people have to be fearless. So from that standpoint, forget Trump for a moment, just mean good Republican or good conservative values. Let's just call it conservative. Okay. I think there are so many people now that were indifferent voters fringe voters, lackadaisical voters, or even non-active voters that now know more than ever, we're going to lose America and we've got to stop. And they're feeling it in their pocketbook. They're feeling it in gas and groceries and everything else. And they now understand, I sat on the sidelines, I can't do it. Now, with that said, if you can imagine that there are probably nationwide eight to 17 million votes that were manufactured in 2020, at least. Okay. They would have to manufacture so many votes in 2024. And, and we caught them all and we see it. It would be so egregious. Now, what's different? People now know you're, you're not a poll watcher to see if the Black Panthers are going to show up. That's horse hockey. You're going to watch that fob that goes into the back of the machine. 
you're yeah. going to watch for those irregularities. I'm very cautious about this, but I believe we are now aware enough that they couldn't pull it off if they wanted. Now, how do how do I know this? And here's how I'll say it. Not only is the left and and Hollywood and news acknowledging this, but you got to understand the good and the bad. This doesn't come down to the president. If you just took Arizona, those rat bastards in Arizona had far more power than Donald J. Trump. Think about it. And that's just five dudes in Arizona that run the Board of Supervisors. And so it is very possible that we can win the presidency and take the presidency because they put enough people in during these three years of crap that they will feel themselves safe and they can go on uh, somewhat un unmolested. Now, what they're banking on is they're banking on division and peel-off, meaning uh, you know, all these charges against Trump and whatever, and all these other things, all the fighting, the left doesn't fight with each other. The no. right, we unfortunately fight with each other nonstop, call names, get pissed off. This person's a spy, this person's Mossad, this person's deep state. It's horrific. We can't stick together. It's crazy, ridiculous. Crazy. And the left knows that, and they're going to capitalize on that. Let, let, let me, let, oh, hold on, let me, let, me, let me insert something right there before we forget this great point. I just did a podcast about what you're talking about, and it, the title of it was Trump and DeSantis Must Make Amends. And what I'm starting to see on Twitter of all places, or X, whatever you want to call it today, is that, you know, look, I, I don't care if it's Trump or DeSantis. I live in Florida, Javon, and I can tell you that every day in Florida is like Christmas because I have a highly conservative governor who is sensational, and I have a super majority. So it's fantastic. I see what life can be like in the three years I've been here. And what happened was is that Trump's strategy has always been to knock the other guy, no matter who he is, doesn't matter. It, it could be the Pope. It could be Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa is a slut if she's going up against Trump in an election. You know it. Okay. So, and listen, that's what makes him win. And at the end of the day, the last man standing. The problem with that is that the assault on a good man like DeSantis has been so heavy and so untrue if you live in the state of Florida and you see the laws that we have passed and the things that we have made a progress with, the deep state, the rhinos, the Paul Ryans of the world would hate the fact that we have mandatory E-Verify in this state. So the stuff that was said about DeSantis is blatantly untrue or exaggerated to the nth degree. It has helped Trump lead himself way past DeSantis. But the problem of that is that you have burned a lot of people. And when I'm reading online DeSantis fans saying, you called my guy a pedophile. You said his wife faked her cancer. You said he was this and this was that. You will never get me supporting Trump. I sit there and say to myself, oh, my God, we're going to lose to this old, batty, crazy Biden. Not because he's the better choice. Not because the Democrats are going to cheat. But because we're so splintered at this point, we're just going to lose it because we're stupid. I'm assuming you probably agree with me in that vein. I, I agree 100%. Ironically, this is 100% for us to fumble. Victor Davis Hans and I were just talking about this very topic. 
And he number agrees. One, number one is, is I know and have spent time with Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. and his wonderful wife right there at the, you know, governor's mansion in your wonderful state. Yep. And I like DeSantis very much. And Casey, very much. And you're in my world. If we torched each other families, man, when we saw each other, we go to freaking fisticuffs next time we run into each other. So I've learned politics is a little different. They do forgive and forget. Yes. On the other side, on December 2nd, I got a call to, to come down to Mar-a-Lago and sit with President Trump. Not a five-minute meeting or a 10-minute meeting or a meeting of past. We sat down for an hour and a half talking about how do we fix this from the standpoint of what, what all the holes do we have to plug? Very attentive, very great. And then I ended up, you know, staying the evening there for dinner and, and other stuff. And I can tell you, a lot of what people think about Trump is not true. A lot of what people think about DeSantis and character is not true. Now, here's the discussion I had with Victor. I'm telling you, I do not care who the ultimate person is in our party. If we don't get our shit together and stand behind them, we're fucking ourselves. Dude, that's the statement of the year. Put, put, make a plaque of that one. We're, we're in deep dog shit yep. because I asked them. I, I cannot stand how the right doesn't stand together. And on the left, you can have pedophile and pizza eaters down to uh, fucking communists and they get together. We don't do that well on the right. But here's where the conversation led. With, with, Vic, with Victor or Trump? With Victor or Trump? Well, this was with Victor Davis okay. Hanson. We just we just had it I mean, yeah. minutes before coming on with you. My yeah. conversation with Trump, we had a, with a very serious heart to heart about mm-hmm. how did he win in, in 2016? What's going on and what happened in 2020? But it was all focused around how do we fix this going forward because we can't let it happen again. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a conversation not about him. It was a conversation about the American people and how do we plug these holes? What can we do now before 2024? And in the event I go in, what do I need to focus on to close all these damn trap doors in the system? So he was focused on solutions, not bitching about the machines and that horseshit. Right. The conversation I had with Victor Davis Hanson just moments ago was, okay, let's say that just because of sheer numbers, Trump is the candidate. Trump's going to be the candidate. We both agreed, and I said, I would have DeSantis be the VP. Thank you. Now, and I want to tell you Thank that, you. And, and, and I think strategically it's freaking brilliant, because yep. here's why. We would have the first vice president in history that was operationally capable. And that means if Donald J. Trump says, I'm going to fight this shit over here, and you go down and fix that fucking border, yep. DeSantis is going to get it done. Yep. And you don't have to worry about it. We've only had tokens. We've only had bullshit tokens for VPs. And so I would I would say I I could back that man. I would go on the stump and do it because mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, we've never had a competent, able, functionally possible vice president that could get shit done. Okay. And 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 DeSantis has proven that. So if President Trump ends up being the candidate, I would, and Victor the same way, I would love to see him pick DeSantis as the runner mate, put all this shit behind, bring all parts of the party and conservatives together, and let's go kick some ass. 
You know, so it's amazing. I, I'm I'm so glad you're saying what you're saying. Smart minds think alike. And we have had this podcast, uh, I, I, you know, my son does the podcast with me, Jovan, and we have talked about this all week long. And I said, and I, I'd love to hear your two cents. And if you disagree with me, please throw a punch back. You know, DeSantis didn't start the fight between these two guys. Trump did. Trump did. And like I said, I'll give him a pass because that's his playbook. And Ron DeSantis made a huge mistake in the sense that he tried taking the high road. So Trump punched down at DeSantis, and instead of DeSantis punching back twice as hard, he kind of curled up in a ball and said, oh, please don't hit me anymore because I'm not going to hit you back. And when you do something like that, that's a sign of weakness. And I watched I watched this whole narrative on uh, DeSantis go from hero to zero. And he's never been able to, he's never been able to get out of that because his personality isn't that sort of personality. He's the boring guy at the party who's always going to come knock on the door with his hands full. He's going to bring everything he's supposed to. The checklist is always made and everything's going to be perfect, including his hair. And you're going to bounce a quarter off his bedsheets. Absolutely. And and so what happens is, is that Trump beats the crap out of him. It's effective. But now the only way to cure this problem is the way it started. Trump must take the leadership spot, call up DeSantis on the phone, say, listen, it's just politics. I don't mean anything personal by it. I need you on my team. I'm going to make you my vice president. Together we can win because if we were together, we would have gotten 72% of the vote in Iowa. I'm going to take four years. You're going to take the next eight years. You're going to get a vice president that's going to take the following eight years. And we literally could change this country in 24 years. It would be, and, and the thing about Trump is that he is such, um, and I say this with all due respect, he is such an egotistical person that the books would ultimately see him as being the person who actually saved America. He may not get his face out on Mount Rushmore, but he will be deemed as the great savior. Reagan will take a far back seat to where Trump actually will be. I don't know, you would know better than me because I've never sat at Mar-a-Lago with him, I don't know if he's got that much wherewithal and personality to come around and do what needs to be done in the way that you and I are presenting it. What is your take on that? Um, here's where we different, differ in this, since I know both men. Mm-hmm. Number one, your take is Trump punched down. Mm-hmm. My take is the true battle was only going on for airtime and the big donor class. Because that's how you make it. Mm-hmm. And so when I see those punches thrown, it's far more business strategy than what you think it is because it's a measurement tool by which the people that are going to write $10 million checks or $20 million checks or whatever look to see if DeSantis is going to have what it takes to respond. So I want to tell you, at that level of the fight, I assure you it's not personal, okay? So I don't, I don't see it as President Trump punching down. Wait, wait, I want, I want to clarify something. When I say he punched down, I mean in the sense that he was president and he was governor. He's the bigger name and DeSantis was the lesser name. That's all I meant by that. 
I have, but yeah, okay. I, but I okay. take that, and, and here, and here's why I say that. Look, he look. We've got to stop thinking left and right. There's no fucking left and right. There's only a fucking uniparty, right? That's just <laughs> yeah. all there is to it. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. that's just what yes. I've learned. Yes. And so even being at that level and talk and talking to a governor, what you saw is Trump knowing he's that that DeSantis is the contender contender and DeSantis is the anointed one. He was pre-fighting a battle, right? That's all you saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would tell you from just absolute true experience. What people think they know, uh, what the media says about Trump being arrogant or he's egotistical or whatever, I'm telling you, that's not who that man is. I know that sounds really weird and and you don't have to believe me, but I'm telling you, that is not who he is. And he is literally one of the most gracious, focused kind and focused on America uh, fighters and guy. And he's He's quiet, different than what you think and see, but he's a fighter and he turns it on. So I can tell you, I could tell you, I could completely see DeSantis and Trump having the right conversation, and I would not worry about either man. Let me tell you why. I'd worry about the fucking handlers and the people around him, because they're the squabblers and the bitchers and the moaners that have the faction. I think these two guys could sit down. And just as uh, President Trump can be counted on to make a good business decision, and that's what we need, I think Ron DeSantis could sit down and make a good operational and we're fighting a war decision. I would see that being totally different. Now, I would hope in that process that what DeSantis would see is, we just got to admit, he's never going to have the momentum of a Donald J. Trump. Never. But if he will hook to that and he will become what I believe is far more important. See, Trump did what he did with great stuff, having nobody have his damn back. Right. Now imagine if DeSantis really committed and gave Donald J. Trump that allegiance and that plan for America and they did it. It'd be like we'd have two presidents. Yes. And we would be more effective ever than history. And if that kind of relationship could be established and. DeSantis, for the first time in history, becomes a fully trustable, operational, measurable, responsible, action-oriented vice president, then he's a shoe-in for two more terms, and it will fundamentally change all of this crap in this country. But I got I to gotta tell you, some of the characterizations, I can just tell you the difference of the man knowing eyeball to eyeball. What people think about him who have decided he's arrogant or he has to be the center of attention. And some people have that that issue where, you know, he's walking over at uh, the G20 and he pushes Merkel aside and walks around and they see that as arrogant. No, he did for you what you want to do and delivered them the big fuck you. He was just the messenger. You got to understand this is war and you got to understand its strategy. But I think those two guys could get in a room and it could be done. It'd be monumental. Okay, and listen, we are both singing the same tune, and I think everybody listening probably agrees, even those people who have a stick up their ass and says, you know what, I'm never DeSantis, and you have the other people say, well, I'm never Trump because he did this and he did that. That's horribly wrong, and you're, you're fucking in trade your, your country, and you're, and, and you're not playing the big game that the Dems beat our ass at, so snap I, out of it. 
But listen, I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I say it sort of like this. This is what I said to my sons because I, you know, but, but before we came on, I showed you my son Ryan. He does the controls. My son Dennis does a show with me. I, I asked him the other day. I said, "Hey, listen, when you and your, when when the two of you have had fights in the past, and you're brawling, who was it that ended it?" And he said, "You. You took the two of us down, and you said, "Hey, fix this. I'm not going to tolerate this crap. You're brothers. Now get together." And I said, "Yeah, all right." In this particular case, there isn't anybody above Trump and DeSantis other than the American people of the, of the GOP, if you want to call it that. I don't like to consider myself a member of the GOP, although I'm a, I'm a conservative. So ultimately, it's going to take Trump to be the person that's going to call that meeting. Do you believe that Trump would be able to sort of call that meeting if he was surrounded by people like yourself, myself, Victor Hansen, other people who kind of get it and said to him, listen, you would guaranteed win this election. Your legacy would be set in stone as the man who set America. Uh, you know, you know, he's a good governor. You move to Florida because he's a good governor. Your kids move to Florida because he's a good governor. And you really can't come up with anything that he's done bad other than wear high heel boots. Call him up on the phone. Tell him to come to Mar-a-Lago. Damn it. Bury the whole hatchet and get him on board. Does Trump have does Trump have the where does Trump have the wherewithal to do that? I, th- I think he does, but I want I want to position something for you. Most people never think about this is a surrogacy issue. This is not a Trump issue. This is the people around Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, you've still got people there. I worry about this all the time, right? Yeah. This was McCarthy way back when, and Meadows and shit that are doing stuff completely opposite. This is not a Trump problem. This is a surrogacy problem. And so, yes, if it gets down to the wire and it's done Trump demand, that would be a very logical call. But what he's really has to get over is potential surrogates around him that don't want to be for that and say, sir, that's going to piss off this donor or that's going to piss off this donor or that's going to do this. What I would personally say is, fuck you. This is for the American people. And if that donor shows their colors and we can't get together, they were never a donor to begin with. They're playing games with us and we can't allow it. I think it could happen, but he's going to have to work really hard on the surrogacy. Now, the other side, if I was DeSantis, I would I would do uh, that meeting and I'd fucking do it barefoot. I would intentionally roll my fucking pants legs up and not wear boots and I'd go barefoot and go, this is fucking me, hobbit feet and all, baby. Yeah, yeah, I'm here to fight. I don't give a shit what you and, nitpick at. Stop the nitpicking. Let's win a war. And I think I think DeSantis has that in him simply because if you look at the path of which he took, if you watched him the other night on CNN, which I did in the town hall, he sort of explains uh, how it is that he went from being a baseball player and wanting to be a lawyer in terms of like an agent in the baseball field in the baseball world for MLB. And then he said, nope, I got to put that down in my own self-interest behind me. I got to go fight for my country. 9-11 just happened. So there is no doubt in my mind that he is a true, uh, fully hearted patriot sort of guy that will say, I'll do anything. I will forgive. I will forget. Let's combine forces for the better good. Jovan, I have been saying this for now, I believe, eight months. With that being said, let's get back to elections and election ballots and stuff of that nature. You know, 
and, and again, I don't want to get into the Trump DeSantis thing, but I have to use it just for purposes of setting up the next scenario. When DeSantis was running for governor, not a many, not many people knew him. I mean, he was, yes, of course, a congressman, but it was Trump's endorsement that shined the light on him. And thank goodness he passed Gilliam, this train wreck of a human being. He passed him and won by a point or so. Now, fast forward to just two years ago, DeSantis is up for re-election. He has done incredibly well here as the governor. We've gotten everything we want. Every single day is Christmas. Trump will not give him the endorsement because DeSantis will not say that I'm not going to run for president. And yet, without Trump's blessing, he winds up winning this state by more than 20 points, flipping blue cities to red, blah, 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 blah. (coughs) Excuse me. DeSantis wound up focusing very heavily, from what I've been told, on making sure that there was election integrity. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you know some of the things that he did that actually helped that sort of um, integrity, sort of baseline foundation for making sure that Florida elections are up and up and fair? First, let's address the part of the non-endorsement. In the war we're in, and in the um, the massive amount of resources it's, it takes to win that war, see Trump's in a different position because they stole it, they did it, and 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 they're they're sucking his capital left and right. I want you to understand that was a donor issue, not a personal issue, and they're fighting for the same dollars he's fighting for don- donors. That's why it didn't happen. Now let's deal with DeSantis. Uh, my dialogue with DeSantis as we had breakfast there at the, the Capitol sitting there is all about election integrity and what can we do and here's what's going on and here's what's happening. Many, 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 many incredible election, and I hate to use, I don't even use election integrity anymore. It's election uh, you know, verification because there is no integrity in elections at all. Okay. So many, and it's just true, the election integrity is just a freaking oxymoron. But I can tell you, Florida is light years ahead of everybody else. DeSantis has given it attention, has helped things through. Has he done everything that needs to be done? No. Now, now you're talking about my bailiwick, right? Election integrity. And I'm a tough son of a bitch, so I have super high standards, right? So could he have done a lot more? Yes, he could have done a lot more. Now, if I set my crap aside and just look at DeSantis, he kicks the shit out of most all other governors. And that's a positive thing. But he still hesitates on some things so he can ride that line. And we can't ride the lines anymore. There are no more lines left. The lines have been blurred. You either you're either all in or you're not in. But I do think Florida is one of the most educated and sophisticated states working on fixing elections and looking what's wrong than probably most others out there. Well, if you had to say what you think is the number one thing they're doing correctly that you'd like to see other states incorporate, uh, what would it be? Well, you got to remember, in in Florida, you have a, a kind of a different animal. You know, you're a... You're a state that has a unique difference, only like California. You have Northerners and you have Southerners and you have flyovers, right? And only California and you have it. So it would be very, very hard to 
to give you uh, a pinpoint because I'm telling you, you have some places there that can do absolutely rock solid and you drive three blocks and you go into another area and it's a shit show. Yeah. Um, but it's still all the same things that have to happen. We've got to focus on cleaning the voter rolls and you've got to do it the right way. You've got to get people active and out there. You have to understand that, yes, the machines are freaking devils and evil and we got to get rid of them. But it's a very long process to do that. And so you have to be able to attack this war in this is what requires laws, which is pulling teeth. This is what require executive orders and or actions, which is much easier to do if you're in control of the party. This is what are the things that the, the uh, individual counties can do on their own and don't need anybody else's uh, permission. And so Florida has to be fought that way. I can tell you there's not many initiatives that as a governor that he can just wave his hand and make all happen in Florida because Florida is not run that way. But if you, you know, you knowing you're, you know, not in Eric system, get that cleaned up, get it out, making sure you go to a valid ID, making sure you push to one day, one vote, have a paper ballot and you force those things, then those simple moves can be done and Florida can win and be cleaned up. But you got a lot of problems in Florida. You got some pretty big, bad actor political factions in Florida. Let's go to Arizona for a second, going backwards so we could go forward. Uh, you're all too familiar with the audit that was done in Arizona. You participated in that. Uh, on this program, going back a couple of years ago, I had Senator Karen Fan, who basically led that initiative. Uh, she is a Republican senator from Arizona. I had her on this program. And uh, if I'm saying it incorrectly, again, please correct me. But if my memory serves me well... I was asking her about all the things that happened that you would say were nefarious or or things to where the media sold it as we fixed that. We showed you there's nothing wrong. There was no there there. And yet Karen says to me, wait a second, that's a false narrative because I can tell you this. So let me give you one thing that she said, which is this, which now we take it and catapult it to 2024. She said that the machines that are not supposed to be connected to the internet were indeed based on her analysis and her opinion and all of different things were connected to the internet. And she had concerns that those votes were manipulated from an outside agent coming in through the machines, through the internet. She asked the Democrats who were in charge of this, I guess, for the server logs. So this way you can see the pinging that happens, you know, because when, when just to give a little bit of background for somebody without going too detailed, when you go and try to hit a server or you try to hit a machine, you ping it. So you can see when something's being pinged or when something's being accessed. She wanted to get the server logs. The Democrats never handed over those server, server logs and she couldn't get the courts to give her the server logs. So I can say all day, uh, blew my face, Hey, nobody ever attached those ser to, uh, touched those servers. They were never touched. Nobody came in and manipulated them. And I said, all right, well, then the way that we could feel good about that is if you show me the evidence of let me see the logs, and she never got our hands on the logs. Is that a um, two-part question? Number one, if I have that correct, just say you got it correct. If I got it wrong, fix me. And then going forward, how do we protect ourselves from the middle of the night? Because when I went to bed... Trump was by far the president. 
And then when I woke up, he was not. So how do we how do we control that? So two part question. Go ahead. Um, phraseology is what is at issue. First off, her phraseology at that time is correct, but it's not in line with the re reality of what's done. First off, let's go. What you're talking about is the uh, server records, right? And what's called the Splunk logs. And Maricopa said they didn't have them. They were proven to have them. They denied turning them over. They were forced by subpoena to turn them over. They still didn't do it. The GOP attorney in Maricopa County let them off the hook. And then there was this battle to bring in a special observer prosecutor to look at it. And they did their stuff and said, well, we didn't find any router information or Splunk logs, which is horseshit. Now, facts are very simple. There were over 30,000 anonymous incursions into the election management system over 30,000 times. Can you get into detail on that, Jovan? Explain what that is. Uh, when you're looking at the data, anytime anybody uh, logs into the EMS, which is called the election management system, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, making it easy, they've got to have a login and a password. There were 30,000 different logins that use the generic de-identified login that was accidentally left there. Should have never been there to begin with. But they left like uh, Joe Blow 12345. They left that open. That was an intentional act. Now, in order to find out who that rat bastard was, you got to have the Splunk logs and routers because you can backtrack them. And you can see exactly where it was coming from. That's what was withheld and is still withheld to this day. Now let's go to the next one. And this is where I differ with most people. And, you know, we all went to bed. The 2016, the Trump uh, race was called at 3.33 in the morning. We've always been that way. Count them until you're done. Here it is. And then 2020, we get this new anomaly. Trump was winning and then you saw it. But I want to give you a very subtle difference because this has hurt us, and here's why. When you see the ticker tape on the screen, and you saw that for the first time, and then you saw the numbers change on the screen, I want to tell you that was the first time you ever saw that happen on TV, and you know this. And here's why you know it from as a TV guy that button doesn't get hit till that line director talks to that person that's doing the Chiron, they've already checked it with an assistant two or three times. It doesn't even hit the damn screen till that line director calls it. It wasn't right. a boo-boo. It that's doesn't right. happen like that. Right. Secondly, that little ticker tape of screen, which comes from uh, the Edison files, people have to understand the nature of the Edison file. They got, you know, we'll call it two dozen employees. But the rest is high school and college students calling around to 3,800 precincts, where you at, where you at, where you at, and they're kind of writing it down and they're entering it into a database. Now, can somebody transpose that? Sure, right? Never been a big deal in the past. But I want you to understand what you see on TV is not certified, not authentic, and not official. Now, put a pin in that right there. Some people took that public information and they made nice little graphs where it looks like an F. You've seen that F, 
That's an insertion. And here's what people said. Look at all those votes that were inserted for Biden. Now, I know it optically looks like that, but I want you to understand one thing. There is no rule for how many ballots you can run in at one time. There isn't. There is no rule that they have to have them done in this time. So I want you to pause on thinking that because, see, you can't call out and say that's fraud in an election because we're state elections. Only the governor, the uh, secretary of state and the attorney general can say that's fraud. That's it. Unless you go through the court system. Now, put a pin in it for me because I'm going to rock your world. Your car doesn't get out and drive itself and run through a crowd and kill people Mm -hmm. on its own. It's not how it happens. It takes a person with bad programming behind the wheel. Your gun does not go shoot somebody on its own. It takes a bad person with bad programming. Our voting machines are the same exact way. So with that said, you got to pull back for a moment because you keep on talking about this electronic stuff, and I mean that as the people, and the machines inserted the votes. Those machines don't do anything a person doesn't tell them to do or a program doesn't tell them to do, and they got to have the paper. So if you pull back for a moment and and you see how this fight was fought, because I've analyzed this very heavy, I'm telling you what I have come to believe is that little dip on TV, those changing of the numbers, and that run-in was part of the bullshit con. And here's what they did. Ready? That was done on purpose. And the reason it was done on purpose, the first time in history the numbers break, and here it is. It's also the first time in history as we were leading up to 2022. Oops, oh, oh, two weeks early, we released the numbers. Here it is on TV. Once again, that didn't make it to screen unless the line directors approved it from the Chiron guy. They set us up. And so what happened is we bought that shit hook, line, and sinker. A lot of amateurs that don't know what's going on and how this really worked, they called that out as fraud. That's swapping ballots. That's inserting votes, and it never was. So what they got to, they got people to do is they looked over here at machines and said, machines, 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 inserted votes. Now, why is that important? Because, see, it's a, it's, it's a 200 other ways over here they do it because it always has the paper behind it. But, see, if you focus on the machine, then they have – two things they can say. One, it was a boo-boo. It was a glitch. Right. But the second thing they can say is, that's the voting company, not us. See, what they keep you from looking at is the 200 ways it's done over here, which is federal racketeering that the election people are doing. This is just little voter shit. This is election crime. And so what they did to America is they did this bait and switch. Now, what happened is the whole world got on this mantra, the voting machines changed the votes. I'm telling you firsthand, that's a fucking lie. It always has been a lie. And everybody looked at it, and we didn't focus on the right thing. Now, if you look at our legal system, based on that lie, here's what happened. Saw the numbers on TV, saw the votes inserted. You spoke the language they shared. Attorneys who have never had to fight this, because we've never had to fight this in America, took that as the gospel truth, and they dropped it in their lawsuits. Then they filed all these lawsuits 
while people got on TV and we're going to melt them in prison bars and we're do this and just all this stuff, right? And everybody's speaking that mantra. They get to court and you can't prove it was the machine. Because, see, focusing on the machine keeps you aware, away from the people, the paper, and the programs. And so in a court of law, it gets booted to the side. We keep on getting our ass kicked. I'm telling you, I am now convinced that was part of their plan. Because you see, all of these suits were filed the wrong way, making the wrong claims that were not provable. And that kicked every one of those suits out. And people are thinking, we can never have a good election. Now, put a pause in that for a moment. There is a case that finally listened, because I started screaming, quit saying fraud. It's not fraud. That has to be determined by a court. It's maladministration and it's noncompliance. Well, the people in Louisiana listened and they had a race go bad. And they filed on maladministration and compliance, showed it to the judge, won, the left screened and challenged it. So it bumped it up to the uh, Louisiana Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, well, shit, how can you certify election? Because these numbers are obviously not right. You've proved it. They ran it wrong. And it wasn't in compliance. Do it over. See, we never had a path to decertification, but we've always had a path to change MAGA. Lava, let America vote again. And what the system did is they baited and switched us. So we had all these suits and crap that were lost, and they said, canvas, 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 not audits. One suit has ever been won on canvassing, the same shit they did for 40 years. But one state listened and did it right. One suit, one Supreme Court did it. Now every Supreme Court can use it. Now let me give you one other thing. Ready? This is called perfecting your case. You can agree, all these suits, the machines, the machines change the votes, the machines this, and every one of them are kicked. Let me tell you another angle of perfecting the case. You bring cases based on a setup because it was part of their plan. They seeded you to talk about the machines. You made, you got promoters to get out on TV. It was the machines, it was the machines, we got it all, it was the machines, the machines, prison bars, we're going to melt them. It got promoted. You put that into uh, cases because it's it's total crap. Nobody knows. And a lot of it was intentional by the GOP. Every case is lost. That's where we are, that circle. But what came up in its vacuum is what happened. The voting company came in and said, you damaged me. And they filed big suits. And then the court looked at the cases and looked at the gibberish and goes, you know what? You are fucking damaged. And they sued all the big names, run a lot of the big names out of the business. And then Fox, who I believe might've helped with this plan, they immediately agree, agreed without any question to pay $785 million and it settled it. Well, see what the left did? They perfected that fucking case and it's got monetary damages to it. That's the con, because now they've got case law. See, it's damages, you can't do it. And it was all to shut us all up. We got fed a con job that could never be proven in court. And because the con job of the machine was planned, you know what it kept everybody from doing? Looking at the fucking paper where it really exists. And it could have been proven and all this fat, and we wasted all that time in court. We all got conned. So... 
with that being said, I'm sure you've heard of this organization called NewsGuard. So News NewsGuard goes in and takes a look at websites and news organizations from as high as New York Times and Fox News to as small as, you know, DennisMichaelLynch.com and the DML News app. And they give everybody a rating based on what it is that they uh, publish and how they publish it and where they get their funding from and everything else. And uh, they received $750,000 from the Department of Defense, who is very, very keen on them making sure that they crack down on anybody who said something negative about COVID and the vaccines, the World Economic Forum, the WHO, and of course, election integrity. So when you get a guy like myself who has somebody like you on my program or in this particular case, the, the event that they used when they made me my uh, rating, they took a look at a podcast that I did about Dinesh D'Souza's film 2000 Mules. And I said, if you watch 2000 Mules and you look at what it is that D'Souza, D'Souza, whatever how you say his name, that Dinesh presents forward, it's very hard not to believe that there were some really dirty tricks played by the left in terms of using these paper ballots. And of course, they came back and said, and this is the way they use the, the, the terminology, and it's not verbatim, but it's damn close. They said, uh, election experts have certified that this election was indeed up and up and that Dinesh D'Souza and his claims have not been proven fully. So in other words, making me sound like I'm some fake news conspiracy theorist. When you look at... Oh, I just want to make sure you're telling me they did their job. News guard. Their job. Well, they yes, right. Their job was That's negatively on you. Yes, right. Anybody who is right of center, your job, news guard, is to absolutely throw them under the bus, destroy them, and make sure they get no money ever again. So, with that being said, when I look at Dinesh D'Souza's film, he was more focused on the balloting, the ballot harvesting, dropping the things off in the mailboxes, uh, all that geotagging, whatever with the cell phones. What is your take? on that part of the process, because that really wasn't about the machines. What was your take on that? And what is your take on the idea that going forward, really the best way to have an election is with paper ballots and not with machines at all? Right. Okay. First part of it, a lot to unpack there, is many of the drop boxes were illegal and the news and stuff didn't deal with it. And even though some states, Wisconsin just did something new, they introduced a brand new bill yesterday to try to make them permanently illegal. Again, it was a bait and switch by the media this time to not focus on what was really there. And it's facts that these were not authorized drop boxes. So that's the first thing. Somebody should have just bought based upon the fact that these aren't legal. These were not authorized. And you can't even news. You can't even refer to them as a voting drop box because you yourself are misrepresenting it because they never had approval to be there to begin with. And they were donated and volunteered by outside organizations and NGO that never had an official ability to put them there, yet they did. And by the way, that's deceptive trade practices. So somebody should have fought just that one fight. Next, what uh, Denisha's work did very well is it highlights the problem with our laws. It is not illegal for you to uh, carry a ballot in for as long as they're a family member 
Well, all the person has to say is, yeah, they're family members, and you can't contest it. It was incompetent law writing. It should say, you can never have in your possession more than three completed ballots for any reason. See, then we're limiting it, but the, but the system never did that. Now, was that ballot harvesting? No, predominantly. Ballot harvesting is a technicality in the law that you can ask somebody for their ballot, or you can say, hey, you're not going to use it, and uh, I want you to vote it here, fill it in, and I'll take it in for you to make it easier. That's the, that's the real definition of ballot harvesting. But unfortunately, a lot of those things were, and we discovered this in Arizona and other places, they were paid for. You know, they had $1,000 bounties on ballots. But technically, that's not a crime. And until we plug that law, it's always going to happen. So if you plug the law to make it illegal to pay for a ballot, if you make it illegal to have three or more ballots, completed ballots or empty ballots in your possession of crime, we're not going to fix it. Now, we're going to have to escalate those items. Here's the next thing. We uh, need to have a simple law that says you cannot use a surrogate carrier. Period. A surrogate carrier is the ballot mule. We also have to make it a, a crime that, and, and, and it's not, we don't focus with it, but you had thugs and gangs going down the street as the ballots were getting delivered by the mail, and they would take them from the mailboxes. It's a crime, technically, that the post office doesn't pursue, but when it has to do with elections, we need to expedite that crime. That hole needs to be plugged. Next, on official drop boxes, those have to be very key designated areas, and I believe they have to be under video, constant video surveillance. In Arizona, they had, at most of the places, cameras, but the cameras had been intentionally turned completely down the street, and you couldn't see the box. Well, that's a standards practice and compliance issues done. Also, they didn't turn over the footage. It, it has to be kept according to U.S. 42 uh, 1974, U.S. 42, 1984, U.S. 52, 20.71. Those are electronic images related to the election. They should be kept. Nobody's enforcing that. And they're not turning them over easy. Last but not least, we have to be able, just kind of like what New York did for stop and frisk, we've got to empower the police when, when people are doing this, right, to stop and frisk, to stop them and to be able to have them surrender those ballots right then and there. And then all of the ballots that are in those bulk that are surrendered, they, they'll still be counted and they'll still be processed, but they'll be, still be counted, processed under a separate eye and a separate watch where you now know who the person is that dropped it off. You know what the ballots are, and you can prove beyond a shadow of doubt they were either a relative or not. It's just like a crime scene investigation. You got to be disqualified out. If we put simple laws in, we'll fix it. Now, here's the next side of it. The next side of it is that there's no law that says a balloteer can't overprint ballots. Let's just take Maricopa County, Arizona. For 2020, for Maricopa County, Arizona, they said they mailed out about 2.5 million ballots. They sent one to everybody in Maricopa. However, the balloteer, the ballot printer for Maricopa, in their own records, printed four million eighty nine thousand ballots and that's not a crime and 
when you look at what was mailed, because I wanted to audit the outgoing postage so I can see how many were really mailed, they didn't turn it over. Well, that's our government money. That should be audible and record. They didn't turn it over. That should be a crime. Next, if you were to look at, because we did this, we looked at every county. We looked at an entire year worth of what was the normal removal rate of bad voters. What percentage? And they were about a half a percent a month. Bink, 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 bink. The month of the election, right after the day of the election, they jumped to 3,000%, 4,000% scrubs. That shows they intentionally hold them for the election. They know they're bad. They use them, and then they try to dump them and get off the books. That should be a crime. It should be from the moment you know it's bad, right? And you haven't expunged them. You haven't got rid of them. You're responsible for a crime. We should not have this great expunging on the end. But see, it's only a full forensic audit that brings this stuff to light. But if we wrote very, very simple bills, we could plug every one of these holes. Another one I'll use in Maricopa. They dump all of these ballots out there. Now, remember, Maricopa was supposedly decided by 10,500 ballots. In Maricopa, the post office... It, it, when they, when a ballot comes back that it's not a good ballot, there's track of it. In Maricopa, they have a process where the county person is supposed to take it, open it, see who the person was, reach out and contact them and say, hey, your ballot came back. We need to fix this. Well, it's already coming back saying no such person, no such address, unknown, no such number or dead. Well, the way the county handles it, here's the idiocy. They do notify the voter by postcard, mailing right back to the same stupid ass address. How stupid is that, right? So Maricopa never reported their numbers. I'm fighting every month to get these numbers and they delayed them for like 15 months. When the numbers finally came back and Maricopa was pushed, they said, well, we got 56,000 back. When you check it against the post office for those bad ones, there were 110,000 that came back. Now here's the kicker. They're supposed to keep every one of them. They should stay sealed. None of them could be found. They said they didn't keep them. They said, well, we gave them the runback, and runback said they destroyed them. Right then and there, you have a, a, a actual legal bat, ballot mailed to a legal voter, per se. When they come back bad, all they do is open them. It's called ballot cracking. They open them up. They pull out the ballot. They pull out the envelope. They vote it the way they want. They scribble some bullshit on it, put it in. And if you don't check signatures, what they didn't do, you have just now prosecuted through the system a legal ballot that has been voted illegally. And there were 110,000 of those. And that happens everywhere. Because we didn't know to audit these things. Now we know. If we get our shit together and stop fighting about, you know, is your bow tie better or my bow tie better? Or, hey, we do this. Or, hey, we canvas. And we just look at plugging these damn holes. And we all get on the same page. We can fix every one of these. See, now that's what you say right there. I mean, it's sickening. What you say right there is an argument for why Ron DeSantis and Donald J. Trump need to mend the fences now versus in September, because if they would mend the fences now and make that strategic play to where, hey, we're going to join forces, it's going to be a president and vice president, people are going to feel really good about the fact that, God forbid, Trump can't continue the whole way, whether it's for his age, his health, the criminal things, whatever it may be, and then 
the supposed criminal things, right? Which you know he, they're looking to put him away for four hundred years for jaywalking. So when you when you put it together, you, know, you got to remember one thing about Trump. Yeah, and I said this, and Huckabee repeated it. If Donald Trump got out and walked on water, the news the next damn day, the headlines on the left will be blaring headlines that absolute proof Donald Trump can't swim. <laughs> you got you to understand that. Hey, listen, I understand it. I'll go. I'll go one. I'll, I'll, I'll volley one back with you. I've said it forever that if Donald Trump was to cure hunger in this world by feeding everybody, they would criticize criticize the food he gave. So no matter what he does, even if he were to cure cancer, it would be like, no, it's not proven that it cures it. No matter what it is that he does, they're always going to find a negativity to it. My point being is that if we could get past the because you're talking about the bow tie thing. I'll go more specific. If we could get past DeSantis is a rhino, Trump is a criminal, all this other different stuff, and we could join forces and start to talk about what you're talking about, what I'm talking about here, securing up an election. So this way, I mean, we're not going to make it totally solid proof with only 10 months left to go. But if we were to let the other team know that we're watching, we're looking, we know what tricks you're pulling, we're going to have safeguards in play, we may actually have close to a fair election and could get this country back. And then start to work on the things, you know, pulling in experts like you and saying, okay, what do we do now to make sure four years from now we win this damn thing? But the problem being is where you and I were at the beginning of this conversation. I would never, Javon, I wouldn't want to marry a Democrat. I don't want to go hanging out with one. I wouldn't want to hire one. I would never elect one. But let me tell you, tomorrow, if I had to be pulled into a war, and so did my sons, when we got to a basic training, I'd say, look for the Democrats. And they'd say, why? And I said, because that guy will never, ever leave you in the foxhole. He's always going to have your back. They stick together. We, we eat our own. And we can't understand why we don't win the House and why we lose the Senate and why this stuff is always blowing up in our face. And the Democrats have all the policies that destroy everything, including what I'm considering destroying election integrity. And yet we just sit back here and bitch and moan whether or not Ron DeSantis is friends with Paul Ryan. It's well, just let's, a- look, let's just do a little twist on that. You're right now saying, why can't we just get along and why wouldn't he go together now? And I just want to give you a different take on it. Mm -hmm. It's not that that's not logical. That's extremely logical. It's not that that's not prudent. That's extremely prudent. It'd be something I'd recommend if it could be done. But this isn't a Trump issue right now. And this isn't a DeSantis issue right now. This is an influence and big money issue right now. Mm. And big money and big influence are betting on their horses. They want them to fight it out to the bitter freaking end. And they're not going to toss in that hat just because they want to play together. That is not how it works. And so there's people that love DeSantis and there's DeSantis favoritism and there's Trump and Trump lovers and Trump favoritism. The problem's not the people. And right now the problem's not the two men. The problem's the big money that gets you to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They're warring for their guy. And they're just not going to let that happen. And that's the sad truth. Or they may be war, uh, they're warring for their girl because I'm still baffled to all hell. And I don't want to go down this tangent because we've got to wrap this up. But I'm still baffled to all hell how it is that Nikki Haley goes from 2% barely holding on to now being a contender uh, other than it's a bunch of Democrats, elitists, 
big money donors who are basically never controllable. She's the most controllable and she's the best thing that they've got to def to, 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 to send Trump to the basement. She's being synthetically propped up. She's the most controllable. That's why you saw that surge. And that's political favoritism. And you saw that happen uh, in uh, Iowa. I'll wrap with this. In Iowa, you uh, they would normally have 10 ballots extra where somebody could come in and change their party affiliation so they could vote in the caucus for the president. You saw in the one county that uh, Nikki Haley won that that county ran out of those forms three and four times they had to scramble because all these people were switching allegiance, meaning Democrats, mm -hmm. to become Republicans so they could vote in Nikki. Now, that was a con job. And if you look further past it, you find a, a lot of that call to do it and to switch came from Mark Cuban, who put that out and said, you got to get out there, you got to switch now, we got to push Nikki over. And that's what they were doing. And yes, it's a con game. It's a racket. It's an influence game. And that's why they're doing it. And that's why she got the surge. I used to like Nikki, but I've learned to look deeper. Uh, she's a system player. I, I would never back that, can't back that. Uh, but yes, that's how it's played. Right now, it's big money jockeying. And you think it, you know, most people think it has to do with us right now. It doesn't have shit to do with us. Speed round. You're only allowed to give yes or no answers. You ready? All right. Um, do you believe that the GOP is prepared to fight back against possible cheating by the left come November? No. Do you believe that with that in, in, in mind, that Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis have a legitimate chance of winning this election? Yes. Okay. Uh, and this is just, uh, those last two, I just took your expertise. Now I'm just going to take you as a man and you're American. Do you believe that Trump will win this upcoming election? Uh, I was very worried uh, before sitting down with him for so long on December 2nd. And I was even worried after that. But the movements I'm watching right now, mm -hmm. I'm seeing incredibly positive things that are outside of Donald J. Trump's control. And that is occurring in liberal America and pigment America, and it is out of liberals' control, and it's out of the Republican controls, and it's natural and organic where people are waking up, holy shit, my life sucks, I want the man back, and I see that happening, and it inspires me. Good, because you know and I know, well, maybe I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but you know, the uh, people have always asked me before, why do I watch my candidate be so um, conservative and then all of a sudden, in the general, he moves to the center. I said, you can't get pissed off about that. They're trying to win the primary with their constituents, and then they're trying to win the independent vote because at the end of the day, in the middle is where the war is fought. And so, yeah, and, and so what you're – yeah, so what you're saying is, if I can paraphrase, you're seeing changes in the independent uh, section of this country – where they're saying, hey, I may not like the tweets, but I certainly like it better when my mortgage was 1700 versus 3200 a month. Something bigger than that. I'm saying not only you're seeing the independents do it, you're seeing the Democrats do it. Mm -hmm. Seeing hardcore Democrats and pigment voters. You know, that's the race baiting crowd, right? That's the yep. crowd that they cater to and say you're victimized. Yep. You're seeing those people organically go, we had it better in Trump. I will put my shit aside and I'm voting for Trump because we got to get back to what we had because this is intolerable. And I think when you combine those things, 
when you combine that independent that, that can do it and you combine the left doing it, we have such an incredible opportunity. Jovan, real quick, tell people about where they could go if they want to uh, read up more about what you're doing and your website and everything else. Go ahead. Great. Most people can, you can find me, the easiest place to find me is on Rumble, which is just rumble.com forward slash Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Jovan like the 70s cologne. I don't smell like that. Hutton, like E.F. Hutton, you should listen to me. And Pulitzer like the prize, although I'm not, I'm more like a free parting gift if you hurry up and order now. But it's just rumble.com forward slash Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. You can find me there. I broadcast every day, seven days a week, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Why do I do that? because I'd be lucky to have you, 777, get lucky, find me, and we'll have some fun. And my show's called Cut the Crap, and crap is merely an acronym that stands for culture, race, and American politics, because I know you just want to grab these rat bastards by the lapel and say, cut the crap, and did, we did, help you call did it Did you out. just have Victor on your program? I did. There you go. All right, Jovan, I appreciate you as always. Good to be with you, and uh, thanks again. We'll definitely be talking again before the election. Stay well, pal. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's it for me. What a good interview. The guy is just a wealth of knowledge. Like I said at the beginning, uh, my head was spinning on some of it. I know it kind of gets heady. I know Javon's got a ton of information, you know, to try to put through a little tiny pipe in a, in a short amount of time. I think he did the best that anybody could ask him to do. I know he spun my head around a few times. Some of the things he says just really bothers you, especially when you look at the stuff with Arizona and Maricopa County and all that other different jazz. Uh, we could only hope that DeSantis and Trump find a way of getting married together and making amends and bringing us all together again. So this way we can take Joe Biden and say, see you later, baby. Same thing with Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton and all these radical Democrats. So with that being said, if you want to check out his program, he gave you the link there. I want to remind you to go to DennisMichaelLynch.com and download the DML News app. Download it for free from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. If you go to DennisMichaelLynch.com, you could learn all about the app, and then you could go download it, like I said, for free on your uh, Android or on your iPhone, on your tablet, whatever. You could even put it on your desktop. I got it on my Apple desktop. And do not forget, DMLCBD.com slash power for our special on the Power Plus tincture, which has basically changed more lives than I can even start to mention. That's it for me. On behalf of Ryan, who's behind the controls, Denny, who helps me put all this stuff together, and the entire Team DML family, thank you so much for joining us. And until next week, may God bless you, our country, Jovan, and of course, Donald Trump, and Ron DeSantis, and these United States. We'll see you soon. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and Team DML.